Hello, everybody. It's that time again. Not About Us is sitting down for the next Revelation Bible podcast study. Woohoo! Yay! So if you're listening to this right now, hey, thank you. Thank you for being a Not About Us podcast listener and for joining us on our Bible study adventure as we dig deeper into God's Word in Revelation. As always, I am Brad, and we have a special guest star, Kate. Hello. And I'm Scott, and this is Not About Us. Last time we joked about how I cannot seem to get more than one verse completed in one podcast. And in fact, last time I barely got one word completed. But I do believe in this study today, we will complete verse 9. But we learned a lot about that word. That's right. But of course, that's depending on where the Spirit leads me, because honestly, even if it takes a thousand podcasts, I want to be obedient to where I believe the Spirit wants me to go. Amen. Also, there is the truth that these studies have been very beneficial to me in my relationship journey with Yeshua. I do not want to rush that experience, even knowing that there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up in Revelation. And on that note, I am learning to be more patient. I'm learning to be a more patient person, which, funny enough, we will talk about being patient a little later in this podcast. So be patient. But anyway, we shall get started with this study today of verse 9. And today is... Go ahead, let the audience know when we're recording this. Uh, December 18th. Thank you. Um, So we'll go ahead and get started. Verse 9, but we want to do it the right way. So we're going to do that by inviting God's Word to aid us in the study. Scott, would you start us off with a prayer and invitation? Absolutely. Yahweh God, I just thank you. I just I just want to praise you and tell you just how awesome and special you are. Yahweh God, every one of us in different parts of the world are experiencing trials and tribulations on different levels. And it's so comforting and awesome to know that you're still God. And... This is all in your hands. And no matter what the enemy can throw at us, as Brad gets into Revelation, it's testament of the fact that the enemy has a plan and he's trying to take you down through us. And we already know the end result that he's failed. So in the difficult times in all of our lives, I just thank you and I praise you that you are not stronger and, and certain uh, just through confidence that you're going to win. You have won. It's done. It's completed. There's no question. And I just thank you and I praise you for who you are and what you've accomplished for us. Thank you for that. Thank you, Yahweh. And thank you, Scott. That uh, will be part of what we talk about today when we get to the word tribulation a little bit later. Um, but uh, real quick, we'll mention we have a special guest star. We have my wife, Kate. Hey, hello. She will be chiming in if she has any thoughts or questions or concerns or complaints or. Complaints. <laughs> 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 uh, all right. So. And well, I'll say thank you, Kate, for being here today. Yay. <laughs> so let us read uh, verse 9. Um, I'll just note, just in case we have any new listeners, that for my study, I read from the King James Version. 
but I also read from many other translations, including my personal favorites, the Institute for Scripture Research, the Hebraic Roots Translation, and the Passion Translation. I do my best to make sure you know what version I am reading from. So starting out, we are reading from the King James Version. This is verse 9, and it says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the isle that is called Patmos, for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, in the eighth study, I spent most of that time on John and the island of Patmos. So I'm not looking further into who John was and why he was on Patmos in this study, but please feel free to listen to study eight for my thoughts about how God, put the, how God puts the right people at the right spot at the right time. Yay! <laughs> when doing my study, I like to spend time looking deeper into the meaning of the words. And in this one, the first word that jumped out at me was brother. Now, I'm recording this after Scott has spent a good amount of time in his recent Genesis studies talking about Cain and Abel. And he has some fascinating thoughts on the word brother. So I highly recommend listening to those. But here I am looking at the Greek word for brother to see if there is anything that can be found to enhance the word even more. So let's look at Strong's Concordance in the Greek, number 80. And this is, the word is adelphus, and it means a brother. Its usage is a brother, member of the same religious community, especially a fellow Christian. The word origin is from alpha and delphus, which means womb. The word origin shows that the word comes from Alpha and Delphus. Delphus means womb, and as we have previously learned, Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. In the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph is the first word, and it can stand for God. He was the first, and he is the most important, so the first letter is his. So mixing the idea that you can do the same with the Greek alphabet, and Alpha is God, then I see how you can get brother to literally mean your sibling in the familiar sense, but also it can mean every other person is your brother. And I like what you said earlier too, the fact that uh, in the Greek translation itself, it said, you know, brother in a religious context, you know, like you, like, like you are my brother. Right. Uh, we might not have had the same parents, but, but we do have the same Father God. Exactly. So if you, think like, if you think of it like this, Adelphus literally means joined to the womb. But as Scott has shown us in his Hebrew word pictures of the words blood and brother, there is a connection made that we are all brothers due to our being birthed from God. We are Yahweh's blood. Now for more of that, please listen to Genesis podcast 20 and 21, as I think Scott did a fantastic job of painting the word studies and Hebrew word pictures to show that more clearly. We are all children of God. We are all Yahweh's blood. So we are all brothers. Now in those studies, God is asking Cain, but he's also asking us, where is your brother? And a connection is made in the way the question is answered that we should be concerned about all of our brothers and where they are. Remember, God only asks a question to point out something we need to understand. 
It is for our benefit if God asks a question. He knows all the answers. So I find it interesting that brother used here in verse 9 of Revelation, John is acknowledging the fact that he is a brother and companion in tribulation. He knows where his brothers are because he's right there with them. Maybe not literally next to them, but spiritually he is right there with them in tribulation, fighting for truth. If God were to ask John, where is your brother? John would be able to answer honestly. And I think that is all the thoughts I have on this word, but it is something to ponder. John, to me, has always been a good example of what we should be striving for in our relationship with each other and our relationship journey with God. Can I throw something in there? Of course. Um, now, you know this, Brad. We, we've discussed this before, but uh, the, uh, the phrase, uh, blood is thicker than water, uh, now, what does that mean? Most people would say it means family is the most important. Right. But we, we know that the actual origin of that phrase has been misconstrued and, and, and reworked. But it, so, now I forget, I'm paraphrasing here because I forget the exact the original. The womb. There we go. Yeah. The blood of. The covenant? No, something like that. The blood of the covenant, or it's, the, yeah, it's the blood of something is greater than the, the water of the womb. And, and the original expression is actually saying, you're closer uh, with the people that you choose to have a relationship rather than those that you're forced to have a relationship through, through family. And we've switched it around. And... Yeah, this idea of, uh, Kate, I'm going to throw you in on this. How many brothers do you have? Two. Two. Now, I know that, but obviously, you know, the listening audience didn't, so. Yes, they <laughs> so, did. Uh, how many sisters do you have? One. One. Now, how many people in your life that are not your brothers and sisters would you say, and you don't have to give me an exact number, but would you say you feel like they are? your brothers and sisters, you're that close to, that they're your family. More than three. Right, yeah. So, I mean, this is, we all have that in our lives. We all have those people who we've made that relationship, we've forged a relationship, and some people in the most difficult circumstances, in war or or what have you, there are people that their family, regardless of who their parents and our parents are, they are our family. And the reason I bring this up is to try to help all of us understand, uh, I think what God means by this is that your, when, when it says your brother, uh, it, it's not specifically referring to your family member. It's trying to get us to understand these, these relationships we have with the people around us. Uh, these are the people we care about, we would give our lives for, and, and it's really, it really is talking about everyone and trying to get us to understand that all of the people around us are God's children the same way we are. They're all of our brothers. They're all of our sisters. Um, I, I guess now I'm going to start rambling if I go on, so I'll, I'll, I'll pass it back. But that's, that's kind of my thought process is where I was going with that. It's funny that uh, you mentioned some of that stuff too because we're going to get into that here in a moment. Oh, sorry uh, if I jumped ahead. No, 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 no. That's fine. <laughs> 
Because um, <laughs> the next word that interests me was uh, companion. Uh, so I wanted to look that up that word. It is Strong's Concordance in the Greek, 4791, and it's sunkoinonos. Probably have that wrong, but sunkoinonos. And the definition is partaking, jointly of. It's usage, a partaker with, a co-partner. The word origin comes from sun, as in the sun in the sky, and oh. koinonos. I'm glad you said that, because I would have immediately, where we're on, I would have immediately thought sun, S-O-N. I, I wonder if somewhere in the root, um, sun and moon is some sort of companion or something oh, like that. Oh, okay. Um, I did not look further into that, but what I, what I found interesting here is that uh, uh, the, the word study we see that it means partaking jointly of. But what is also, but what is uh, John also partaking jointly in here? Well, as we know, at the time of the writing of Revelation, Rome was very much trying to crush the early church. Christians were tortured, abused, and killed for their faith. So when he is saying that he is also in tribulation with his brothers, all the people of God, he is sharing in that same struggles that they are in this early church age. Um, here's something interesting, though, that stood out to me when I looked deeper into the origins of the word sunkoinonos. Uh, it is Strong's Concordance 2839, and this word is koinos, and the definition means common. Its usage is common, shared. The Hebraic use is profane, dirty, unclean, unwashed. Whoa. <laughs> that stood out to me as interesting and weird, so I wanted to look more into that. Um, some of the word studies here, uh, koinos properly means common, referring to what is defiled, stripped of specialness, because treated as ordinary. It is dis uh, defiled, describes the result of a person reducing what God calls special uh, to what is mundane. Stripping it of his, stripping it of its sacredness, defiled uh, because treated as common is always used negatively for what is profaned, except in Jude one three, where it refers to the gift of salvation shared, held in common by all true believers. So before I get into my thoughts, <laughs> did anything there surprise you, Scott? Well, just, yeah, because when you're originally talking about that common things, you know, I'm just thinking about, you know, you know, just like getting up, brushing your teeth, having breakfast, going to work, common things, you know, these are, these are things we all do, uh, you know, just the things that are just shared by humanity in general. And then suddenly you went to defiled and I'm like, what, 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 what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 the usage A, comma, shared. B, Hebraic use, profane, dirty, unclean, unwashed. But then as you kept talking about it, it was like taking those things that are special and set apart and treating them as if they're common kind of makes them defiled. And then I started thinking about the uh Well, let's let's take church for example. You know, uh maybe you know like god said this is a special time i want you to 
Come with me. I want you to have joy. I want you to have, let's, let's make this like we've talked about before. Let's have a date night together. Just you and me. I love you so much. Let's make this special. And we've turned it into, okay, can I, you know, I'm looking at my watch here. Can we wrap this up? You know, I'm, and we've defiled it. We've turned it into just a common, you know, um, it's that time of the week. Let's just do it and get it over with kind of thing. And it started to make me think, is that what this is in reference to? Yeah, I mean, uh, the definition uh, of koinos described here, the result of a person reducing what God calls special yeah. to what is mundane. Now, first of all, what God calls special. <laughs> God is special. So the thought that what he calls special, that, that we would then take that and turn it into something uh just horrible, defiled, dirty, unclean, unwashed. Right. I mean, we're all guilty of it, but it, when you when you spell it out this way, it just it's one of those self-convicting moments wondering where are the moments in my life where I've done such a thing as well. What's the word when you become so just apathetic? No. Uncaring? No. Um yeah, I'm trying to like taking something for granted. Like <sighs> Okay, I, I I know what you're talking about. Where you just, yeah, you, you like like imagine like imagine a marriage, you know, where he's he's so special to you, but after so many years, you just come home, you just expect him to be there, just and you you stop. Yeah, the romance that, is gone. What's that word? Yeah, I I know what you're talking about. You just you just kind of treat it like it's it's just happening. It's just daily life. Yeah. Uh, where it becomes less special. It, be, it becomes koinos apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the word you're looking for is koinos. <laughs> but Can you I, use it in a sentence? I know what you're talking about, but I, I yeah, I'm blanking on the word too. Um, or at least the idea. Yeah, I just, it's not coming to me either, but it is just it's like it becomes static. You just ordinary, it, average. It, yeah, you just yeah. what you loved well, it ceases to become special. Yeah. It ceases to become unique. You still love it. Yeah. I, I know what you're... Oh, boy, I now... Google it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're pausing. Complacent. The word is complacent. Yes. 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 Um, yeah, it's not that you don't necessarily still love the, th- the person or the, the situation. It's just you've grown so accustomed to it, you've become complacent. complacent. <laughs> um, but, okay... So here are my thoughts. Uh, Shoot. <laughs> one of the first things that stood out, the word, uh, the, the root word of companion, koinos, uh, literally means being stripped of its sacredness. This kind of reminds me where God's talking about you have a form of the spirit, but lacking the power thereof. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I like that. Um, but it means being common and not special. Primarily, this word is used in a negative way. When you think of companion, you usually have more positive Im- images in your head. But here we see in the Hebraic root of the word, even and even strong concordance states, it is used almost always in a negative way. Now, I have a few thoughts on that. First... It brings me back to the foot of the cross. Yeah. Jesus 
was made common for us. He became a mere human like us. He came and he shared in our commonness. He came and he stripped himself down to our level. And he's asking us to do the same. We are common and only God is unique. I passionately believe that we cannot fully repent of our sins until we see how damaged we truly are and how we do not deserve God's sacredness. We must strip everything down and stand naked in front of our God. When we can do this, when we can truly repent and trust our God, only then can the positivity come. Strong's Concordance states that the one posi- positive usage of the word is in Jude 1 3, which states, Did you have something? No, no, no. Which states, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye shall earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. That doesn't sound negative to me. That's the one positive. Oh. The one time it was positive. Common salvation. I'm glad it didn't sound negative to you then. Yay! <laughs> so here it says common salvation. We are all common in our salvation, which the irony of that to me is that's what sets us apart. Our salvation <laughs> yeah. sets us apart from the rest of the world. So I found the irony of that interesting. I hope I'm painting this picture clear enough, but what I'm trying to say is that we need to lose all the things that we think make us special. We need to give those to God. And then once we have been stripped, we will be part of a common salvation. I find it funny that this mediocre word, common salvation, it actually holds a lot of weight, especially when used here in Jude. A common salvation. It, 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 salvation, there's nothing common about it. There's nothing small about it. Being saved, having our salvation is the one, the one m- most important, amazing thing in our life that we can have. It is, but at the same time, I get it. I get why he, uh, like just what you said, he made himself common. He made himself a sinner yep. for us. He, in other words, he wasn't a sinner, but he took on our sin. He, he, the salvation that it, it is so special because he made it common, because we could never have attained it on our own. He brought it down to our level. Yeah, no, I'm. There was no way we could go to his level. Right. So the only option we had was for him to make himself common and come down to our level. So it's, it's, I like that because it's like in Jude there, it's said in a positive light because it's negative. Yeah. It's like, it's talking about how special it is that he made it that way. No, I'm appreciating that. Yeah. I, it's something I never really would have thought when I was looking into this, that I would find companion could be, could be anything but positive. You know, right. you, you want, you want, I want a companionship with God. I want companionship with, with everyone. You know, you think of that as a positive thing, but that got me thinking it has to be done 
uh, we all have to be uh, saved for it to work properly. If we're not, if we're bringing in, if we're bringing in just anybody and trying to be common with them, those that are not saved, there's a very real chance that they might take us the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to lose my salvation. Scripture says, run away from the wicked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's it's got to be done. It's got to be done the only God's way, of course. Uh, we've got to we've we got to have a common salvation, which makes me think we will get to share with all the true believers in salvation. The rest of Jude one three, the author is pleading for all the true believers to stand up and fight for their faith. Now, how much easier is that to do when you share that fight with an army of companions in salvation? Yeah. When you're standing by yourself, it's a lot harder. But if you're standing, even even if you're common, low folk, even if you're, you know, considered uh, the low of the low, when you're common in salvation with everyone else, you're on equal, you're on equal field. You're all powerful. You're all strong. Not you. You're all powerful and strong because of God. Right. Now, uh, so that's, that's, that's what I got from that. I just thought that was really fascinating. Um, thinking about uh, taking that word salvation and making it common, how it has so much more, so much more than just uh, uh, just reading it. You, when you really look into these words, as always, it's fascinating. Um, the next word that I wanted to look into was uh, tribulation. It's Strong's Concordance 2347. And this one is, I believe... Thalipsis. Thalipsis, yes. Good job. The usage is persecution, affliction, distress, tribulation. Properly, pressure. What constricts or rubs together. Used of a narrow place that hems someone in especially internal pressure that causes someone to feel confined, restricted, without options. It carries the challenge of coping with the internal pressure of a tribulation, especially when feeling there is no way of escape. I like my Institute for Scripture Research translation for this part of the verse. It states, I, John, both your brother and co-sharer in pressure. It doesn't say tribulation. It says pressure. Huh. When I think of, uh, uh, when I think of the word pressure, especially when it's been defined like this, it paints a tragic picture of what persecuted individuals are going through. We think as tribulation and pressure as something horrible. There is no escape from it. It weighs heavy and forces itself down on us. We've all been there at some point in our lives. We've all had pressure weigh us down. Some Christians see revelation and they only see the tribulation, the pressure. But we must remember that our God is bigger and stronger and more powerful than any tribulation, any pressure that can be put upon us. Revelation is more than just pressure. It is the story of a mighty, awesome, and powerful God and how he wins, how his people win. When the pressure comes, and when there is no possible way that you can overcome it, when you cannot escape, when everything is desperate, 
when you are about to lose everything, when you are about to die, remember the gospel. God is bigger, and he is strong and mighty, and he will save you from anything, even the things that you cannot imagine a way out of. Now, the thought of tribulation, it it does scare me, but I also find myself intrigued at the thought of being in a position where I cannot see any possible way of overcoming the storm that I am in and then looking to the clouds and seeing my mighty hero on his way. We know that God brings good from bad. So imagine the absolute worst bad you can think of. And now imagine all the good that God can bring from it. If you keep this truth at heart, there really is no pressure that can defeat you. I was, uh, I was thinking about you know, pressure and, and the definition, what constricts or rubs together used of a narrow place that hems someone in tribulation especially internal pressure that causes someone to feel confined restricted without options that reminded me of uh scott one time you were talking about uh the tribulation board yeah i was thinking about that too what constricts or rubs together um snakes and chafing (laughs) yes So it's just, you made the point before, Scott, that uh, with the, you know, the, the tribulation board, either, I mean, I think you explained it better, but the, the, the brunt of it was that we could be like the chaff and, you know, we could float away freely. Yeah. We, or. What you're referring to is the, and, and Kate, for, for your sake and for those who haven't heard this, there's, there's two different types of seeds. In the spring, they would harvest the barley seed. And how they harvest it, they have to separate the good seed from the chaff, the covering that was no good. And the barley is very light. And what they would do to separate it is they would just toss it into the air. And the wind would just carry the chaff away. It would just separate easily from the seed. The seed would fall to earth, whole and good. And they would just toss it up and let the wind do it. Wheat, however, in the fall, the wheat was harvested. And they would take these boards that had rocks and stones and glass and metal and whatever and sharp jagged edges and they would run over and they would crush the seed and because the wheat the seed on that is the the chaff is very difficult to remove it does not come off easily so this that board is literally called the tribulation board and the purpose was to separate the good seed from the garbage, from the chaff, to get rid of the chaff. And as you were talking about this right now in tribulation, Brad, I was thinking about, and even with pressure, the first thought that came to my mind was it takes pressure to make a diamond. Right. And I was thinking about, it just reinforces the whole idea that tribulation, the design is to purify. The design is to bring out that perfect seed, to put, to put pressure on to come to the right place to to purify is that's what going through my my mind anyway I'll, I'll jump back and let you go forward well that's basically what i was just coming to the point of is we think of it we think of tribulation and we think of pressure and we think of all these things as negative negative mm-hmm. negative we think of revelation as negative we but the truth is it's because of that pressure yeah as you just said 
It's because of that pressure that we can become diamonds, that we can become perfected. How many of you out there listening are athletes, especially a high level athlete? You know, have you trained? Have you, have you worked out in the gym? Have you run laps? Have you, whatever it is your sport requires you to do, that is tribulation. That is purifying. That is making, that is getting rid of the garbage and, and making everything in your life uh, that relates to this sport more perfect. That's the, the purpose of tribulation is to make you right, is, you know, is to purify you. And, you know, the thought of pressure, the thought of tribulation, it can be worrisome. It can be scary. Oh, definitely. But I don't know. As I keep, as I keep saying, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm kind of, uh, kind of at opposite uh, points here. I want to be at a point where I'm so beat down and so low and I can just not see how there's any outcome, how, how there's any escape, how there's any way to get out of the situation I'm in only to then see what an almighty, incredible, awesome God can do from that situation. Yeah. I mean, there's a part of me that's intrigued by that thought, but there's also the other part that's a little... <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you totally. It's like, it's like God, I trust you, and I love you, and I know you're right, and I know you've got the victory, but right now this sucks. <laughs> yeah. This that I'm going through, and I hate it, and I want it to end, and and oh yes, I definitely, definitely empathize with that. Okay, so word. <laughs> word. Okay, so um, as I mentioned a moment ago about our meaty hero, I mean mighty hero, <laughs> Mr. Slim Jim. <laughs> um. Um. Let's 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 talk about our mighty hero for a moment. The the verse continues on. And in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. Now, I have talked about the kingdom before, so I'm not going to go too deep into that word in this study. But if you want to look it up, it's Strong's Concordance 932. You want to crack? Your, you want to take a crack at that word? Bas il Aya. Yeah, you got it. At least as far as I think. Um. Once again, guys, I'm trying my best with these Hebrew and Greek words. Um, Is that Hebrew or Greek? That one's Greek. But, uh, so obviously we got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But as always, um, if, it's, if, you, if that's your thing, if you're just shaking your head right now going, oh boy, that wasn't even close, please forgive us. Please forgive us. We're doing the best we can. As always, we're amateurs. We are... You know, we're doing this because we have a love for God. Um, so we're doing the best we can. Um, but kingdom, it, the definition is kingdom. Uh, royal power, its usage is kingship, authority, rule, especially of God. I've talked about it before, um, but I found this interesting. Something that new I noticed this time in the word study. Um, Bas Ilaya. Uh, properly is kingdom, the realm in which a king uh, sovereignly rules. A kingdom always requires a king, as the kingdom of God does with King Jesus. Um, it also especially refers to the rule of Christ in believers' hearts, which is the rule that one day will be universal on the physical earth in the millennium. One thing I noticed um, here was 
It also means the kingdom is constantly used in connection with the rule of Christ in the hearts of believers, which also extends in various stages. So in the hearts of believers, and which also extends in various stages. The way that is written, it makes me think of the whole journey from baby Christian to a true believer. Different stages in your growth. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Now, I don't really have um, anything else about that that really stuck out to me. I just, just that thought right there, uh, it seemed interesting to me. Uh, we've talked about it before, we're both um, video gamers and, that, and board gamers and that kind of stuff. So it just makes me think about the different levels, the different stages. You start out meek and, you know, with all the common items. Right. <laughs> the nothing special, nothing great. But as you grow, um, as you level up, you know, you start to get stronger and you start to get the better stuff. And, 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 and I can see that in my own in my own life's journey uh, and relationship chase with God. You know, I started out as a baby Christian, uh, listening to more of what the world had to say about God. But then eventually I got to a point where I let God tell me who he was. And then from there, we just been, we just been running. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what I found interesting about that. Now the verse states, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. I like the word patience and I wanted to look more into it. It is Strong's Concordance 5281. And it means the people that a doctor sees. <laughs> yes. No. Oh, <laughs> man. Um, this one, I, <laughs> when I was doing my study earlier, I couldn't help but do this one as a oop on on a, oop on on a, oop on on a. It's, it's a little, <laughs> it's a little weird. But uh, the definition is uh, a remaining behind, as in I remained behind, I stayed back. A patient enduring, I was patiently enduring. Hyponymy? So, um, hyponym, hyponymy is, so the word... Or is it whole... No, whole I, I think you had it right the first time. Um, but once again, I don't know for sure. But it's from... Two words, hypo, which means under, and mino, which means remain or endure. So properly, it's remaining under. Remaining under. Huh. Um, it means endurance, steadfastness, especially as God enables the believer to remain, endure, remain under the challenges he allots in life. So especially as God enables the believer to remain under the challenges he allots in life. So the first thing I want to mention is, before we get in too deep into the word study here, uh, the first thing that pops in my head is, how patient is God? And how awesome is his patience? I know a few times in scripture, God says he is the long-suffering God. Here, John states, Jesus is patient. God suffers without us, and we can grieve him by turning away from him. But even so, he is patient with us. But also, he is patient with his timing. 
Now, I know we've mentioned this before, um, that it's actually a mercy that God is being patient with us and that revelation just doesn't happen. Uh, I, for myself, I myself am not a patient person. Now, I, how many of us can honestly say that we are on our own? I mean, we sp- want what we want. We want it now. Well, exactly. And it seems like it's getting worse. Um, even in my lifetime, I've noticed that it just it seems like people want instant gratification. They want they want things that they they shouldn't even be entitled to, uh, and they want it now. Um, I'm not a patient person, um, especially in situations where I'm suffering or being hurt by others. If I'm in pain. I am impatient about it. I want the pain to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the good news is that it's not up to me to decide when these events of revelation should happen because, as I said, I'm not a patient enough person to wait. They would have happened now. Yeah. But something that Scripture also tells us is that it grieves God greatly that any of his children should perish. Yeah. So the Lord is patient with his timing while enduring his suffering. I don't want to lose sight of how much of a mercy for us that is, but I also do not want to lose sight of the fact that by being patient with his timing, God is suffering. That should break all of our hearts. So we shouldn't become complacent? (laughs) No, we should not become complacent. Oh, amen to that. And I got to tell you, that right now is very much speaking to me and what I've been going through lately. And what God's been hitting my heart is, is patience versus complacency. And, you know, one, one is a weapon. One is trust, involving trust and love. The other is involving apathy. And uh, I'm going to, I think I'll get into a little bit more of that in the conversation piece. So for now, I'll just say, uh, yeah, that's kind of hitting me personally. Well, yeah, it hit me when I was doing my study. I'm, I'm kind of in a similar place. Um, but it is a mercy. It is a mercy that God is being patient. Um, because with more time, we have a chance to reach more people with the gospel truth. (laughs) Uh, Right now, I'm scratching my wife's head, and Scott (laughs) is wondering why I'm not doing the same for him. (laughs) I'm impatient. (laughs) Because he's very, very bald and has no hair. (laughs) It doesn't need to be scratched. Oh, man. Um... Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where I was going. Oh, with more time, we have more more of a chance to reach more people with the gospel truth. Yeah, amen. Uh, but with more time, people also have the chance to turn their backs on God. Yeah. So, and, and I do think, I do think, at least in my country, um, it feels like I'm seeing that. I'm seeing more people wanting to turn their backs on God. And... Uh, and it feels like when we're given more time by the grace of God, we're not using it wisely. Exactly. We're saying, oh, good, I can relax again instead of care. The, the body of Christ should be the ones that should be standing up and making sure we're not complacent. But the body of Christ is 
unfortunately very much complacent in most places. Mm-hmm. We need we need more people to realize that this time that we are given is a mercy and we need to be doing our best to fulfill the Great Commission, to get out there and, and be the gospel truth to the people who need it. But uh, saying that, this also then makes me think of how patient has God been with me? How many second chances have I had? How many times did I grieve him, but he still was patient with me? Yeah. How many times did I not use my time wisely? But uh, things to ponder, but let's get back to the word study. Um, I see a clue as to, to how we can overcome the pressure of tribulation. And this word, it says, uh, remain, endure properly, remaining under endurance, steadfastness, especially as God enables the believer to remain under the challenges he allots in life. Guys, the answer, the answer is patience. If our patience could look like that of our Savior, then we can endure. Jesus is the prize, prize that we wait for. But for now, we will have to patiently remain behind, as the word definition states, remaining behind, a patient enduring. But the good news is that we know what the rewards are. And I do believe they will be all the sweeter the more patient we are and the more that we can endure. The more time we have, the greater chance we will have of bringing more of our brothers to the cross. So, Here's all of verse 9 together. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos, for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, um, if you guys have any more thoughts, I'll gladly take them, but I'm going to end my study here, as I covered a lot about John and Patmos in the last podcast study, And the remaining words in this verse I have touched based on in other uh, studies. But I do have to admit something that I'm a little amazed about. This is one of those times when I did not think I would find much in this verse. But God is more awesome than that, and Scripture is truly full of so many great things. From thinking that I would would have to combine this verse with another one just to fulfill a full podcast... And instead, I got two whole podcast studies. Just <laughs> blows my mind. Yeah. And it also makes me really excited to see what else is coming. But I guess I'll have to be patient. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have any more thoughts about today, Scott? Uh, just one. When you talked about patience and remaining under, um, the first thought that came to my mind was just remaining under God and His will. Uh, during the tri- the tribulation part, uh, not just I mean you mentioned remaining under the the pressure and that kind of thing, but I thought uh, the, the first thing that came to my mind was remaining under God in the middle of the pressure. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, that that's all. Anything that you want to share? Nope. Nope. <laughs> all right. Well, in that case, as always. This has been Brad and Kate and this is Scott and this 
is not about us.